everybody, and welcome yeah. to the American Scouser Podcast. It's a special Thursday podcast that we are beginning, and we have new people except me. You guys are kind of stuck with me on the show, uh, but we had a lot of bunch of like new segments and stuff like that. And I wish we had a special game to talk about uh, starting this, <laughs> but unfortunately not. So we'll get to the game, the segments, and everything. But I am your host Timuchin, as always. And with me today, we do have, well, a familiar face in Jamie, the Irish Jamie. What's happening, man? Ah, uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, I know, not so <laughs> And also with us, uh, making our first, his first appearance on one of our podcasts, uh, one of our regular contributors as a writer on our website, Scott is with us. Scott, what's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm happy to be here today. Oh, man, I wish we were doing better. Like I say, I really was hoping to start this Thursday edition by talking about like a better game, but unfortunately uh, not. So we'll start with the game. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the lineup and stuff like that, and then we'll move on. Uh, there are a couple of other topics. Uh, like I say, we do have some a few segments to hop in there in terms of like fantasy. We have actually like contributions from like some other podcasts and like Liverpool groups and stuff. So they'll bring up some talking points, but unfortunately I hate to do it. Scott even <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> once the game ended in our discord channel, Scott was like, do you really want to talk about this game? And the answer was no, but what can you do? We have to do this. So let's start with the lineup first. Um, I know there's a lot of talk, and we'll kind of like get to that as well in terms of, you know, these cups and how much the club values them or how much club values them and all that kind of stuff. But you look at this lineup, Jamie, and it says we're going out for it. Did you take that as we really want this cup or more like getting these boys ready to play against Brentford on the weekend? I mean, yeah, a bit of both. I mean, the both can be can be true, right? Um, but yeah, do, I can put my pen and paper down. We're not trivia. All right, I, all right, I'll put it down. <laughs> um, yeah, you like the notepad, by the way. Ah, but uh, yeah, no, the the lineup looked great, right? I mean, everybody was on board straight away. Um, maybe the midfield had. Um, had a few people questioning, you know, the 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 Milner and Henderson together is always a bit difficult but um yeah i mean definitely enough to get the job done when the lineup came out that's what i thought yeah i mean i think when the lineup first came out i thought it was probably the strongest lineup we can throw out there we will talk about the milner thing i initially didn't have a problem with milner uh just to be able to control the midfield but scott uh what was your take having seen the lineup I, I thought that it was strong. I thought that we obviously put out our, our front foot, just try to get the game started as, as quick as possible, just from the starting 11. It goes to show the fact that, uh, you know, this was Trent's first cup game, League Cup game in five years. This was Allison's first ever League Cup game for us. So the, the fact that we're putting out quality players to join in and, and, you know, be part of this cup run is important. Um, the midfield, I, I have my reservations with that three as well. I think that maybe we could benefit from the start with an Oxley Chamberlain or a Jones, but it's Klopp's decision and we back it on paper. Like you said, it's enough to win. So let me ask you this though, for like the, for the midfield, I mean, when you see that lineup come out, did that midfield, like irk you initially or 
obviously as the game changed and the way right. the game was played yeah. that yeah, I mean absolutely yeah like like initially I'm fine you know I'm I'm fine with Milner um uh, you know I, I I hear a lot of people and he is getting on in years don't get me wrong nobody doubts his dedication his commitment blah 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 his professionalism but yeah he's looked leggy I mean there's no debate in that um but yeah I mean initially there was no red flags. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 that's in the back of my head. Yeah, absolutely. But there's no red flags. Like, oh Jesus, no, God, no. I mean, hind, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So 100%. you know, 100%. you're gonna, you're gonna look at that starting eleven, and you say, you know, you got quality players all around the pitch. You know, so. Yeah. But it, to be fair, for the first fifteen minutes, it kind of looked like that anyway. You know, like right. Henderson was chasing the ball down. Like we had some early chances. Yeah, I know I'm jumping the gun. We're talking about the lineup. I'm talking about the game <laughs> now, but yeah, no, no. I mean, like I say, I think the game kind of changes and becomes a totally different game, right? Once and, the red card happens, and you know, like yeah. Vincent Kaka moments, he makes a tackle, a great ball by Robertson, by the way. Jada kind of initially called for it, he saw it out, saw him afterwards. Great ball, the red card comes, and I thought obviously that was gonna change the game altogether, and it did. And we kind of came to this point where we do have an issue sometimes where the teams almost wouldn't have been better, Scott, if it's kept going 11 v 11 because it sure felt like it. it. It's interesting because, you know, I, I guess like Arsenal's strengths are their own weaknesses, right? So to their credit, they have great buildup play going forward, but that leaves gaps. Well, if they decide they're just not going to attack, well, then they can focus on what they're bad at, which is, you know, being compact in the back. So, you know, I, I, I think that we should have done more, but I will say there was there was credit on their side in the fact that they say, hey, with we're ten men down, we may as well throw a back three in, have our wing backs tuck all the way back, and leave no space for anything. And unfortunately, we really didn't have a key past that. And that's the thing, and I think that was um, Darren says he thought Salah and Mane were invisible tonight. I thought, yeah, we should have put them a lot more seriously and had them. we paid the price for not having them in the starting Jesus level. Christ, uh, these are supposed to be the best players in the world, and they weren't even there. I mean, yeah, shameful decisions by club. <laughs> but uh, well, see, so Jamie said he was going to pay for the plane back, and I didn't see it on the landing strip, so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this, Jamie. In terms of, you know, obviously we had problem with that. And this is, I think, where I start to have a problem. What, not 10 men? Yeah, once the game goes to 10 men, 11 v 10. And you we're knew allergic. that Arsenal was we're allergic like, to 10 men. Yeah, like yeah. what Scott said, we knew they were going to sit back. And obviously it becomes a totally different game. They're kind of sitting back and picking their spots when they can, which they did not have a lot. I mean, we had the ball a lot. And I think that's when I started to have a problem with, I know there's a lot of like poor performances, but in terms of like the coaching and the changes we did and how we reacted, I thought we were just kind of like too slow to do anything. And that's when, you know, going back to when we were talking about Milner, that's when I had a problem. I know we're going to finish out the half, but I felt starting the second half, either Curtis or Ox should have been there. Because, you know, the whole point of having Milner there or having this midfield that, you know, is referred to as the boring midfield. You know, used to have Genie in there as well. 
Uh, but the whole point is controlling midfield, winning the ball back. Well, there was no ball to win back for Milner for the most part because they were just like booting it away and we had possession. It was at like 80% or something at one point. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that, Jamie? I mean, I personally felt like we should have made a change at halftime, either introduce Curtis or, you know, Ox maybe, one or the other. And obviously they did make a change once they came in in terms of how much, I guess they're faster with the ball, nothing against Milner. but Yeah, I mean, like, we we all know what you're getting at, right? Like the the the, the sub should have been made earlier. Klopp's notorious for not doing it. Um, halftime was begging for it. Like we were joking around in our Discord channel. Darren here says midfield was way too slow tonight. They didn't move the ball quick enough. I mean, he's not wrong, lads. So what we were talking about in our Discord channel um, is at halftime we were like, who's the subs? You know. Um, and we all concurred. We're like, all right, Curtis Jones needs needs to come on. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly said, yeah, he'd probably get 10 or 15 minutes. He ended up getting 35 and probably being our man of the match. If we're being honest, like, I mean, he was, he was great. Um, I get why his time's limited because he's just coming back from injury. He's had a horrible season. Like, he got poked in the eye. <laughs> poked in the eye. <laughs> I kept it out for months. Yeah, yeah I mean that's well, the thing. The next day. You can't play if you can't see. So <laughs> some people can apparently, right? <laughs> but George Best was blind drunk most of the time and was fantastic. Right. <laughs> so Scott, let me come to you then. I mean, did you expect a change at halftime? Because I mean, if you watch well, even from like the 30th minutes. Till that's, almost, that's right. I mean, as soon as, as until I, he came out, I felt you know we had Matip, who I thought was, by the way, the like the man of the match for us. I agree, but I he agree. was playing like a number ten. Like we had so, a creative thing in his hands. There were there he were two minutes of stoppage videos. time. There was two minutes of stoppage time in the first half, and in those two minutes, Arsenal had like two or three free kicks going towards yeah. our goal. Whistle blows very flat Anfield you know, and immediately you want something to turn it around in the second half, right? Well, kickoff, no subs come out for the second half. And I don't know if anyone noticed our kickoff routine changed in the second half. We didn't hit it long. We did a pass and went back to kind of business as usual and in possession. And it was almost like a continuation. Just, well, we didn't really find a key to open any doors in the last 10, 15 minutes of the first half, let's just keep going. But it, it just, it needed something different. And I that feel a... like when, when you have a midfield like that, tried and trusted, you keep on going. Like you said, they win the balls back, they get the distribution quick and they move it up to our front three who can really work with it. But if we don't have those issues of not having the ball, well, we need to switch things up. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Scott, uh, so, Jamie, I mean, what do you think should have changed in terms of like what we were doing and how we were doing it? Because I mean, let's face it, we had the ball, but we really were not creating anything. I mean, lads, if somebody knows the solution, fucking don't email me, email, email club <laughs> today because, ah, like I said, we're allergic to 10 men apparently. Like, we're 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 2021 levels of lockdown against 10 men you know i mean we just, <laughs> we just we just shut up shop did you guys I, see I, not, I, in, a good, I, I not saw in a good that, way 
we uh so we've played against 10 men six separate times this season and that's equated to over about 260 minutes or a little bit over 260 minutes we've scored three goals two of which were penalties okay. in those 260 minutes scott you're not filling me with hope right now <laughs> and i think that kind of speaks i'm, I'm the glass half full one here <laughs> how we struggle against like really low blocks i mean we kind of and that's why i feel like that red card almost helped them more than us because yeah, uh, like yeah. scott says you know Arthur's weaknesses trying to build up and yeah. that's how we would be able to press and win the ball and we had jota out there and bobby and taki so we had the pressing unit out there but really nobody to press once the game became like 11 v 10. So, and let me, I want to get back to Taki actually, because I know I see online and I feel bad for him in some ways because I know he missed that opportunity, but putting the game on that and on Taki because of that, I felt was extremely unfair. So Scott, let me start with you on this one. What do you make of Taki? Not only today, uh, but overall, I feel like now we have seen a lot more. Initially, it was like, well, give him some more time, give mm-hmm. him some more minutes and stuff like that. But I feel like we have a good sampling now in terms of what he does. What mm-hmm. is your take on Taki? So so I will preface what I say with I agree with you. He He shouldn't get the blame, all of the blame at least. You have, you know, all his teammates out there who are just as responsible in creating chances and finishing chances. But when a chance like that comes, man, it would have been good to put that in the back of the net. And if that falls to one of the big guys, maybe you think that outcome changes. Um, I think that Minamino is, first of all, a very, very sharp player. I think I think that mentally speaking – he, he is thinking about what he, he is supposed to be doing and what he's going to do next. But I think that his first touch lets him down half the time. And that little difference of sharpness compared to Jato or Firmino or Salah or Mane is what makes that gap huge. Because I think that Klopp definitely encourages knowing what to do with the ball before you get it. You know, making sure you you have ideas and have creativity when the ball comes to you. But to be able to execute that every single time, over and over, that's the difference. So you see it in, you know, some senses of the game. He had a great 60-70 yard run in the middle of the second half. And then at the same time, he'll get a ball played defeat and it'll be a four-yard touch. And it's like, why why can't he just find that consistency over and over again? It's a little bit frustrating, but you know the talent's there. You've seen it. You just yeah. want it more. How about you, Jamie? Like, having seen what you've seen of him, what is your overall take? And what do you forecast, I guess I should say? Well, uh, you forecast, right? I mean, he's had ups and downs, like Scott said. He, he, you can see everything there. So... Scott made a couple of great points there. Like, here's the difference. Taki is thinking probably too much. And this is what's going to happen when you're on the fringes of a team, right? And you're not getting your minutes and you're not in form and you're not, you're thinking too much. He needs to stop all that and just do. Like, Bobby, to a certain extent, has that confidence where if he is out of the team, he can just, 
join right back in and start running on that treadmill like it's already at 99. <laughs> Taki is thinking. Um, and I mean, that's part of his role too, because he, he's trying to play that pass. And he, I mean, Bobby just does. Bobby's a, a, a fucking enigma. Let's just excuse that comparison. Um, <laughs> I mean, Taki's great. I love his, his work ethic. I love, um, he's a, he's a tidy finisher on his day. Um, it's difficult right now. I mean, it, he's, he's got 90 minutes to redeem himself, basically. Jesus, I mean. If he, I if he think gets another ninety minutes, personally, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously the guy's a good player, uh, but I am not sure if he fits. I mean, when I say forecast, and that's my thing, I don't know if he'll be able to be that player we need to be in the Premier League. Either physically, I don't think he's strong enough to be able to hold on to the ball. Uh, I think he has the work rate, but physically it's different. Like you look at Bobby or Injata, be able to protect the ball and, you know, create some space. And you really don't get that from Taki. And I don't know if you will. I was hoping maybe down the road we would get more and more of it, but I feel like not. And I think the pace of the game goes back to what Scott is talking about in terms of that first touch. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's not Lukaku, you know, like with a bad first <laughs> touch, but... You know, still, yes, at the pace of the game, that the touch uh, being perfect is a lot more difficult. Like so let's say let's say you up. talk about first touch, like a first touch doesn't necessarily have to be 10 yards away for it to be bad. But but what you want from Taki is that first touch to set him up for his next move so that he yeah. doesn't have to take the one after, you know, yeah. if he's trying to turn use his first touch when the ball comes in to turn with the ball as opposed to taking it and then thinking, okay, I'm going to turn. And, and it's just those small, subtle differences that you see with him comparatively to when Jota gets the ball played to his feet that really make a huge difference overall. Absolutely. I mean, Taki's training pitch fit. He's not match fit. You know, if, if Taggy played week in, week out for Southampton, let's say, mm -hmm. I, I, I think his touch would be better. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, how much do we pay for Taggy in, in Sterling? Like seven mil? I was just like, thinking that Darren is saying seven. I actually thought it was less. I mean, and I agree. Like James says, you know, going forward, he's definitely not good enough, though. We've known that for a while. I mean, I don't know if we've known it for a while. I think, or maybe... You know, in this sense, maybe we kind of knew deep inside, but we thought, I mean, let's face it, you know, when it's, we're talking about our own players, we're a little more kinder, aren't we? Like the sunglasses I, are a little more like rosy. Right. Whereas, so, if Taki was, let's say, at United, you know, if, if Taki was a player, if they were be, like in Chelsea, I think we would be like, ah, <laughs> he's not a good player. I think we kind of like treat it differently because obviously we have a connection to him. And he, and, you know, he's a likable dude and his work rates and everything is great. Uh, but I agree with Darren who says, you know, Taki will be gone by the summer. He just doesn't cut it for me. And not like he was a big investment. And I feel like we would still make money on that investment. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, I'll come to you first with this, Scott. Next season, do you think Taki is in the squad? This time well, next I'd, year on I'd Thursday say, night, I'm talking about Taki. If Michael Edwards was in charge still, we hey, we got 15 million from Jordan Ibe, right? So 
there's no reason you couldn't get that sort of money for Taki. I I think that next come next season you have to start thinking about this this morph this evolution that this team inevitably needs. You know, uh, you you take two players out of Manchester City and they play like Manchester City. You take two players out of Liverpool that just happen to be Salah and Mane, and now you're replacing them with Taki. Does that do it for our, us fans? Like you said, he's likable, but there comes a point where we just have to be realistic. And and the reality is, is that there is a large gap in his quality compared to what we've become accustomed to with our starting players. But you will and, have that gap. I mean, you're not going to have, you know, we're never going to have, and I know that oh, some of, of the fans have that expectation, but you're not going to have a more money sitting on your of, bench because they could be somewhere else. I, but I do, I do understand what you're saying. You can try to close that gap in terms right. of like how much we drop. So I, th- I don't know. Did you answer or did you sidestep the question? Well, this time next so year, I, Thursday I, I podcast. Think- <laughs> <laughs> nice I try, think- buddy. That stuff doesn't work for me. <laughs> right. I, I think I think that he is a quality player, but not the quality we need. I, I think that we would be better off trying to create another spot, especially if that's an international spot for, for somebody who continues this evolution that we're looking to make. So this time next year, Thursday night, (laughs) this time, this time next year, I don't think he's a Liverpool player. That's what I'm saying. How about you, Jamie? Don't dance around it too much. Like Scott. (laughs) Sorry. I took too long with that. He's definitely not going to be a first team player, whether or not he, he plays Place for Liverpool in a year's time. I mean, I, if we can get seven million for him, great. But I mean, let's let's just play devil's advocate here. If, if Taki's in a level here at seven million, and we're going to bridge that gap to Mo Salah, which is a, a couple of steps up here. I need I need Way long up. screen, not wide screen. Um, who's in that next gap? In that twenty to thirty million pounds sterling gap. I mean, I, look, we could make a whole podcast about about transfer signings. We're all here for that. It's January, right? Why not <laughs> drink ourselves to oblivion? Everybody, everybody says dry January is a bad idea. Jesus Christ, Liverpool would drive you to drink tonight. Um, <laughs> I think Taki. One thing with Taki is, like I say, the Premier League. I think physically is tough for him, yeah. and I think he's a player that needs space. So on a team that plays more counter. How much space, uh, like in France that plays or against Liverpool? Like, if we were playing against Taki, it would be a pain in our ass, uh, on the counter, uh, because you know, he would find those spots, he's fast, you know, he can do stuff, and he's mm-hmm. not, he has a little bit of money in him, and where he's not like predictable which way he's gonna go and stuff, and he would give us fits. But when the way the teams play against Liverpool is not the way you know they play against, let's say, Burnley or something like that, so I think. He would be successful, maybe not in Premier League, but in any other league where he plays for a team that can counter more. Um, and with his pressing and stuff like that, I just don't see it. So I'll ask let you, me you know, let me answer my question. So I'm not dancing either. I don't <laughs> think he's here next year because I feel like we will um and we will make like I say, I would think when we do sell him. Uh, if and when, I guess I yep. would think we would make money on him just because of how the market is, and now he has Liverpool and Premier League experience, if nothing else. So, uh, I know it's a lot of stealing a living, you know what I mean? Yes, like, right. Like, like Xhaka 
stealing 11, like, <laughs> like Taggy stealing 11. Who is a good fit for him? In, in terms of a, a place for him to go play, like a playing style? Yeah, like Fran- get him going this January. Fran- frankly, I, I honestly think when he was at Salzburg, he was being groomed for Leipzig. I think that the German league, just due to the slower nature of the press, I think that he has a tough time with a man coming hard, just pressing him as soon as he gets that touch, because that, that leaves that margin of error so small for that first touch. If he's able to get the ball in turn, and then now he's the one being able to drive forward, that sounds like a Bundesliga player to me. And that's what he, honestly, like if he is still in the Premier League, I can see him doing better, getting more opportunities and getting more space to do his thing. If he played for, I don't know, like Brighton or somebody like that, a team that actually tries to play football. Burnley was a bad example because they don't play football. Don't get me started on <laughs> Burnley. Uh, but, um, you know, a team that tries to play football, I think, and well, he will have space. I think he will do better. But in terms of leagues, yeah, I mean, Dave Leza says maybe he isn't showing enough hunger for his position. I feel like he is showing that hunger, but there's a certain, I mean, you Apparently know, he's we can all show hunger too, but there is only he's so much. He's fantastic on the do. training pitch. He's fantastic on the training pitch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I mean, apparently he's, he's amazing. And I think, you know, you will have to have, Here's the thing. I, I think some fans have like an expectation where, you know, everybody should be, you know, top quality. You are going to have some players who are semi-happy with their role, like our boy Divac, and they're going to, you know, when given the opportunity, maybe not every time, but more often than not, they're going to take advantage. And knowing the system, they're going to be able to shoe right in. I, it's kind of a tough position to put Taki into because uh, these are the only times he gets opportunities, but... Yeah, I know, like I say, overall, uh, some very poor performances throughout. I just saw a lot of tacky talk, so I kind of figured like we would cover that. And but may- maybe we can end it with uh, the talky chat with this is, you know, with the boys being over at AFCON, he's about to get a run of games. You know, I mean, Divox injured. I suspect that he's going to be starting against Brentford. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's got 90 minutes to redeem himself. I think he's got 90 minutes to change a lot of people's mind. See, the only thing I, and you know, if you're changing your mind with 90 minutes, by the way, then you, you know, what I know <laughs> what you're saying. Some people will, but I mean, my thing is, I almost feel like it shouldn't. This when we finish this game, I never said, "Man, Taki better come back and play 90 minutes and redeem himself." I was more like, man, we were so poor. And the yeah. adjustments we made for yes. so poor. And, you know, why did club watch what was happening for so long? I always feel like, and you look online, everybody gets, you know, a lot of help from, you know, like Trent, which, you know, rightfully so, he was extremely poor. Even Van Dyke was not all that today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throughout, I don't think that obviously the midfield was not all that. It's, it's kind of hard to find good performances, but I find it odd that nobody wants to even touch or approach criticizing Klopp. I mean, he's a great manager, but I, I mean, there are times where, you know, we talked in the past on the Monday podcast in terms of like his substitution patterns and how it kind of like affects the team. And that's why this team tires a lot as the season moves along. But I feel like sometimes he's too stubborn and it feels like what we have, the recipe is going to work. The recipe is going to work. The recipe is going to work. Just keep going till 
I guess it's not freaking working. And then it's almost becomes too late. I mean, going out to that second half, we knew Arsenal was just going to park the bus in their own box, literally, and just go for a draw because this is like the first leg. And and that's the thing. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not like, you know, we lost. It was a one leg or anything like that. We have another game to go against Arsenal. Which So that's our next topic. And this kind of like brings us to one of our first segments because obviously this was not supposed to be the first game. Uh, the initial game got canceled with all the, the COVID stuff and us not being able to have players. Then it kind of comes out. Um, that you know, there's some false positives and all that kind of stuff, and kind of media and other fans going crazy. Uh, so actually, like one of our new segments on Thursday is going to be we're going to be featuring uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Cop Talk, uh, who had their own actually great podcast too. Um, and we're going to be featuring like their like opinions, and then let's listen into them for a little bit. Uh, and then I want to get your guys' take on this as well as I really want to get because while Galley isn't here. Uh, we can kind of talk about it and see if we can kind of uh, agree on this whole COVID thing. But let's uh, listen in on the Tampa Bay guys. Tampa Bay guys first. All right. Hello. Uh, my name is David. I'm from Tampa Bay Cop Talk. I'm here with Andrew, who's one of my co-hosts of the podcast. Hi, uh, everyone. <laughs> happy to be on the American Scouser podcast. Uh, so, Andrew, I'm just curious, you know, what do you think about all these uh, false positives? Do you believe the conspiracy theories? Absolutely. It's a conspiracy theory. Jurgen Klopp is a genius. Um, I love it. We didn't have Minamino, uh, Origi, and then obviously the magician, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Obviously, it's genius because, you know, Arteta and those boys, you know, they're the best team in the country. So we have to have our best players on the pitch at all times because, you know, we clearly didn't beat them 4-0 the other day. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's it's amazing. It's incredible. It just shows, like, no one gives a fuck about the this competition, whether that's <laughs> The hierarchy at Liverpool or whether that's the EFL, like they just want to, I don't know. I, I, I honestly couldn't care less, but I just love it. I love it. I love the drama. I just like that. I, I was, there was people on Twitter saying Klopp's scared to face Arteta, which is like they faked the moon landing level of conspiracy theory. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's that's the kind of like that's the like not that it's a dad joke, but if it were a dad joke, that's the kind of dad joke that we we deserve. <laughs> the society you i know mean, someone's gonna be watching this like they did fake the moon landing okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean it's completely absurd you know as ox said the other day on that that video he did with jota um you know it's popping off and club arteta's care please please get out of here yeah no i mean i think they're you know okay so I think it was what 14 false positives or something. That's one of the rumors I heard. I, I don't actually know the official number, but it's a bunch of false positives. Sure. Yeah. If there's so like there is an argument. Some people have said, like, well, they were buying time to get a region Minamino back, or like buying time to get, yeah, just enough players back from injury, which like maybe I don't know, but I I think it's probably more likely like they got a batch of bad tests or yeah. something happened that like tainted the results. Because you know they're not – it's not like the club is, like, swabbing the players and then testing the results themselves. Like, Liverpool isn't a lab company. They're yep. not a pharmaceutical company. Like, this is definitely going off to some third-party testing site. Something must have happened between the, the two locations where, like, the results got messed up. I, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a – those lab workers, I don't know how that works, but just based on math. So let's assume there's, I don't know, 75 people – that they test on a daily basis. 
you you take that 75 times, let's say three months, 90 days. I don't can't do that math off the top of my head because I'm drinking, but the probability of running into false positives, you know, increases every day. However, 14 sounds a lot, but like I said, doing that math, 14 is like, you know, very few percentage, right. Of, of all those tests combined. Right. So I don't think, so like the math doesn't check out, like it's the math doesn't check out to a conspiracy theory. I'm not worried about it. I just think it's lulls because it's just, because everyone's freaking out and losing their minds like that meme with uh, the dark Knight and the Joker. Right. I just think it's hilarious. And, and like I always said, like, since Klopp has been around, I haven't cared about the FA cup or the league cup since Klopp's been here because he seems to have shown me that he cares less about those, you know, he doesn't care as much about them. So when he does, I will, you know what I mean? Then <laughs> this just kind of feeds into that, you know? Well, maybe, yeah. For me, I mean, now at this stage, you make a semifinal. Now I want to win the damn thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, thousand percent, thousand percent. We'll talk about that in a bit, but um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. This COVID thing, it's 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 difficult. Um, I'm from a fan and from like a if I were a businessman, I'm frustrated that you know the powers that be haven't figured out better solutions to this whole thing. And like I get at the same time, if I'm sympathetic, I can say like these are unprecedented times and so on. I don't know. Just, it would take. You, it, they are, but they have been for two years. This is true, but I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be nice here and say that, like, you know, give these people a break in this in a, in a bit, in a in a way. But it's just frustrating that this should this should be handled better. So that was David Rice. I know it looks like David can also is a ventriloquist at the same time, but he's not. Uh, Andrew was in the background, so hopefully we can have Andrew on camera. Maybe he was drinking so much that he didn't want to get on camera. But I was about to say, yeah, a Andrew's laying on the floor right now, so he can't really be on camera. I mean, if we're, talking about if, we're, if we're talking about conspiracies in Artana, we need to talk about his hairline, for Christ's sake. I mean, that's not a conspiracy. <laughs> So I think the let's start with you, Scott. I mean, obviously the whole conspiracy theory thing is kind of like out there. I mean, if we're holding out for DWOC, that's pretty bad. And I know I, this is kind of banter, but what do you make of that? I thought it was unbelievable and completely in color with how everyone looks at Liverpool, right? So people think that it was like, you know, Jamie didn't want to go to work tomorrow, so he puts his thermometer up to his oven gets a gets a hot temperature takes a picture that sends it to his boss so no, there's no need to do he that, has done that somebody's already screenshot at 103 degrees all you need yeah. to do is take a screenshot of that so exactly so we took 16 of the exact same picture sent it to the fa sent it to the efl and said hey sorry the boys nah. they're sick today yeah i don't think they can come in I, and people believe this <laughs> and people people believe people believe that like david said liverpool has a lab back there that they went ahead and did the tests got them all to say positive sent it in i don't i just don't understand i don't understand how that but like if i said we've, if we've got a science lab department Somebody needs to be working on cloning Mane and Salah for us real quick. Somebody needs to get Tiago in there so he can play a game. 
sort that hip problem out for God's So sake. while I have you guys, because this is a topic we've covered on Monday nights, and Galia and I were definitely not on the same page, and I think I got Bickler on my side for a little bit, but I kind of want to get your guys' take. So, Jamie, let's start with you on this one, but uh, how do you see, I guess, the handling of the COVID, uh, certain games postponed, certain games not postponed. And I know initially when we first talked about this, the ground rules were not as clear. And I still don't know if they're as clear because, like Scott says, anybody if anybody can do this, if, the, if these theories are even remotely possible, any team that wants to get out of it can get out of it and stuff. But what do you make of it in terms of how the Premier League itself is handling the issue? I mean, I said it before. I was I was involved on on last Mondays, and and you were listening, I believe. But like we we talked about it by the false positives, and I mean, I think the Premier League are handling it just the same way as most governments around the world are handling it. Reactionary, right? Um, so I mean, you look at England right now; it's a shambles. They're talking about Boris Johnson having a party at Christmas. Uh, against the the laws, the rules, um, and, rules. and I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, I I don't know. It, it it's a shambles. It's an absolute shambles. But the Premier League are handling it like a shambles too. But I tell you what else, and and Scott kind of touched on it earlier on. Uh, I mean, this is a more serious point. But the the general public and social media are are treating Liverpool like again we're up to no good. So they're calling us, they're calling Liverpool the team victims and they're playing the victim card, playing on the Hillsborough shit because it's it's back in the public eye recently because there's a whole political movement. The Hillsborough law has been called in, which is um, for like atrocities, like, uh, like what happened recently in New York, the fire, uh, the building that went on fire. So when mass people are, are dead, there's a law that holds the law accountable like how is that even a law like how is that a law no but seriously law <laughs> but but in in social media people are still taking the piss we saw last week in shrewsbury the small group of fans that were singing um that horrible song about the 97 um so the hillsborough thing is all back in in the view but but social media is rife right now with taking uh, pop shots at Liverpool and Liverpool fans and, and Liverpool as a, as a team that we're trying to, you know, have a fix or we're always the victim or we're always playing the victim card. I mean, it's bullshit. I hate it. The, the, hate the, perfect, the perfect comparison to look at right now is how social media has looked at Leicester when they had their three or four games canceled, you know, in a row. Everyone's like, oh, Leicester has, you know, all, all these problems and, you know, we need we need them to get better right we need we want them to get better so they did they they canceled their games and hey if lester has covid cases if lester's you know out for the count they need to get better and then they'll play their games right we had the same thing happen to us and and the reaction was just abysmal yeah abysmal is that because it's Liverpool? I mean, do you guys think it would be the same? Or is it just more like the, the Leicester City thing that Scott is talking about? Is more like, a, oh, the little poor little guys. And where it happens to one of the bigger teams, they're like, well, they got money. They got a squad. They should go out and play. Or is it, uh, you think, just because it is Liverpool? 
from my from my poor poor friends that are fans of other teams they they seem to have one thing in common with each other which is we can't agree with anything we you know my my chelsea fan hate chelsea fan friend hates my united fan friend but at least we all hate liverpool together <laughs> and and they can they can group together and they can go and sit around the fire talking about that and it, it's you know, it it just it's easy. It's easy. It's easy to get on that ship. It seems like. I think it's a sign of greatness. I mean, it's usually that's what attracts. You know, you get more hate the better you are, and obviously the more right. successful you are. But right. I mean, heavy heavy lies the crown. Like in my day, it used to be ABU. Anyone but United. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I was a Liverpool fan since a kid, but. ABU was literally everybody's like it was a boo, it was a boo, a boo, a boo, because it was anybody but United because all they were doing was winning. I mean, the 90s, Jesus, my, my childhood was torn. <laughs> I mean, they, I, heard, I heard enough from my brother about those uh, during those years, right? So, yeah, yeah. he grew up with that. that. How dare he entitled little prick? He's pretty quiet about this whole Premier League thing. I, Good. even you know what he what? does, I, I've noticed I, I'm I on him now when United sucks. He almost like acts like he's not following Premier League as closely, right? Like, right. That's, that's and stuff like that. But if the score is good, somehow he knows the moment the game ends. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty much he knows the minutes of the life. goals. <laughs> knows what type of shoes the striker was wearing. What sort of product was in Ronaldo's hair that day? Yeah. So let's move on and kind of like look ahead to the weekend real quick. So. I, for our next segment, we're going to have Ola. And if you're like a long-term, long-time listener of the podcast, we had actually Ola for a while. I believe it was like last season, uh, kind of like talking about fantasy football, kind of like, you know, teaching guys like me the ropes. But based on my record, he has not done a good job of training me, but <laughs> I'm learning on the go. Uh, Jamie, uh, how are you with fantasy I mean, we I talk love about fantasy. every Monday like, podcast, I- and our main goal with Bickler is – Beating each other, which he's doing a good job of the recently, I'm gonna have to say. And we're just hoping that Kelly Gallivan wins the league. Over oh, absolutely. Galli. That's all absolutely. we care about. I mean, I don't absolutely. care if I'm 50th. We're all on that train. That train <laughs> is a, a one-way ticket ride, and I'm 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 on it until I fall asleep and the conductor kicks me off because we're on the return journey. <laughs> Um, do you so are you still on the fantasy thing or did you drop off? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love fantasy. I, I was good at it. I always used to say I was good at it when Liverpool are bad. This year's proven me probably <laughs> wrong. Um, but uh my claim to fame is I came in the top a top one thousand in like 2013, 2014, top one thousand in the world. Wow. Um but uh, I mean that that is a complete fluke because you can take a screenshot of your finishes year by year if you've played it for years. Mm-hmm. I, you take a screenshot. That is the anomaly. That that's the, <laughs> the, the ugly stepchild. Whatever happened to me? I don't know. I must have passed my account to Kelly Gallivan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. How about you, Scott? Uh, it is the most frustrating thing that I do in my life. I probably because. <laughs> So you're you're rooting for you're rooting for players that you shouldn't be rooting for or you're you're rooting for results that maybe you don't want to happen and it, it tears you apart every weekend. 
But you so, know what? It's it's the solace. There's a sl- a sliver of solace amongst that hatred and tears dripping down your face that City <laughs> have just won five nil. But you're like, yes, I fucking captain De Bruyne. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And and it's all it's all great when you've uh, like you said you've you've captain Salah. He hits his hat trick. You know, Van Dyke's got the clean sheet out back, and and you're good to go. But Gosh, those transfers. I, I, if you guys want to win, just pick up whoever I drop because they're going <laughs> to score two goals that day. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It never, it never ends. It is always yeah. that. <laughs> there is definitely a lot to complain about. And now, uh, so Ola is going to be joining us every Thursday, kind of giving us tips for the weekend. Uh, this is going to be his first video. The sound is a little quiet. So if you're listening it as a podcast, uh, definitely crank up the volume, but when I screaming back again, you might want to lower it back. But uh, some good tips that I even followed here. Uh, so let's go with that. He'll be joining us weekly, kind of giving his um, suggestions of what to do and stuff like that. And then maybe one of them will be whatever Scott does, do the opposites uh, <laughs> next week. We'll see how that goes. So here is Ola uh, with this week's. So like I say, uh, excuse the volume on this one a little bit, but... Uh, this is our very first Thursday podcast, so any technical difficulties should go without saying, I think. So here we go. Going ahead to game with 22, we have eight teams playing twice. So we have Brighton, Spurs, Man United, Watford, Brentford, Leicester, Chelsea, and Burnley. Now, the conventional wisdom is if you still have your free, it's cheap, and you have not wasted one of them like I did. If you still have two of them, this might be the best time to use them. Well, use one of them, <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you want your wild card and you want to take a longer-term approach to planning ahead and getting as many of these players in who are going to play twice, then use your wild card. You know, this might be like the best opportunity to grab a lot of points. For myself, I'm going to be bringing in what for striker Dennis, who is very, very affordable. And it's not going away for the Nations Cup in Africa for the AFCON. So Dennis will be playing twice. And the games he'll be playing in are not very tough. So definitely starting Dennis and I'm giving him my captain band. Looking forward to him banging in a couple of goals in each game. And I'll pick up James Madison who has been in, who has been in good form for Leicester. He's scored a few goals, gotten a few assists. It's not expensive either. I'll be bringing that. I'll be bringing him in, um, and I'll be hoping Leicester in their two games will get enough points and enough goals uh, for me to make that a, a decision which I won't regret. And I'm definitely sitting on the bench. Ivan Tony, who's oh, wow! I think he's played like 18 games and scored only four goals. Two of those goals were actually penalties. It's just not it's not doing well enough. Even though his price is not expensive, but I don't think I'll be putting him in my team anytime soon. He's going straight to the bench, Evan Tony. And that is your last fantasy fix segment for this week. And hopefully we'll be talking next week about triple digits. Triple digits of 100 points and more with this bumper double game week we have. So till then, see ya, and make, let's make the fantasy a reality. Going ahead to game with 20. 
of course, when he says three digits, he's more like more likely talking about me dropping from the fifties to hundred. <laughs> that's a different story. Quick, 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 honest question: How many points did you get last week? Do you do you know? I I know. Off the top of your head, man, you guys are really into this. Hell no, I gotta look it up. Oh, oh I, 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 I got it right here. It's the bane of my existence. I I know I know all about this stuff. I got forty six points last week. Oh, Tabuchin? Yeah. Say again. Uh, hold on, bro. I'm scrolling. Uh, 42. Oh, seriously? I got 63, lads. I feel good. Okay, this, go. this is gonna be. I'm not gonna be hosting these Thursday podcasts if you're just gonna listen to you brag about how many more points. <laughs> I had that three. You I had three zeros and I got 60. <laughs> I got three zeros and I got 63. So I, I like Ola saying. Ola's saying you gotta have Dennis in your team, mm -hmm. and you gotta have Madison in your team. I have both of them. Dennis got one point last week, but I think he's he, talking because he's got, of the outcome. Yes, yeah, yeah. But he's got two games coming up. Yeah, he's got and a double they're they're up. pretty they're pretty desirable matchups if I remember Absolutely. correctly as well. And Madison as well. Madison's got a double game week coming up, so that's what he's talking about. Treble digits. That's what you get. You know the the double game weeks. That's that's the killer right there. Um, so you know I, what the I killer will... is the stupid rules that this fantasy league has with these two games and free hits. <laughs> oh, that's man. what the killer is. But let's see, I love it because can. I've I've lived that pain. I've already that's that I've I've built a bridge over that pain. I've used <laughs> that pain to build that bridge. I am and, dying and on that. I am, <laughs> I'm using your pain to build that bridge even further. <laughs> I'm just dying on that bridge. Me and Bickler just complaining about it nonstop. So let's talk about the weekend real quick. Do a quick preview into the Brentford game. Uh, let's start with you, Scott. In terms of lineup, uh, what do you expect? Do you expect the same lineup to go out there? If not, what kind of changes are you expecting? I, I expect much of the same. The only decision that I can see being made is if we take one of... Milner or Henderson, more likely, I believe that Klopp would choose Milner to be taken out of that lineup and put in somebody like Ox or put in somebody like uh, Jones. I would be interested to see if he would be uh, creative and do something that we saw last week against Chelsea when Firmino came in in midfield and we had wingers because we have, for example, Cade Gordon, who may had deserve a possible start in the Premier League, you know, or if that's someone that can bring in later on and dropping Firmino in midfield, it would be good. But I, I do expect a similar lineup to what we saw today, but I do expect a different result. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I know Klopp does, and this is what kind of semi-worries me and intrigues me about the weekend, is he will put in guys uh, for like 15, 20 minutes uh, before, you know, they start like the next game. He does that especially a lot with the cup games. And mm -hmm. seeing Ox, Curtis come in afterwards, even Gomez and Nico coming in afterwards, kind of like intrigued me as to what he's planning for the weekend. Jamie, what do you expect out of the lineup? I mean, I'm, I, I'm torn. I, I feel like we kind of stick with a, a similar path to what we took today. Midfield is 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 up for discussion, but um, 
what was it, Tuesday Brentford played? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking earlier before the podcast. Yep. That they got beat 4-1, wasn't it? So, I mean, you take a look at their lineup. It, it, it It's all right. I mean, I know Ola was just talking about uh, Bench and Tony uh, for your fantasy league team. I certainly hope so. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, as opposed to our lineup, I mean, we've got we've got Mata back. So, I, I expect the same back five. It's the midfield for me. And, and yeah, maybe we can do something creative, like Scott's saying, uh, up front. Because I... I Jones definitely played well well enough tonight. Um, Kate Gordon, I, I love that idea. I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I Personally, I would. I, we just, you know, I don't know. It'd be great. Um, I think you guys are being our, pretty our issue is, <laughs> our issue is We, we like optimism of, here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Like, um, ah, that's where I come right? in. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I come in and fight off the optimism. I just don't think, I mean, it's just not the normal club. And I guess that's why, more than like the pessimism, right. I just don't think it's the normal club. I but do, I do like Scott's idea, though. Midfielder. What was that? I like Scott's idea because we, we were struggling through the middle, you know, with no Tiago, with no flair in the middle. We're relying on the width, mm-hmm. which we do a lot anyway with Robo and Trent and Salah and Mane. And now we haven't got Salah and Mane. So I feel like we could do something out wide with maybe one or two of the youngsters like Scott was alluding to, but down the middle as well. Like, I mean, it, it it's difficult, but I, you know, it's easy to say we trust in Klopp, right? But I would like to see... A lot of people say, oh, we've only got a plan A. There's no plan B. There's never a plan B. Um, I would like to see some problem solving. It would It would be nice. You said uh, there's there's no plan B. We don't have a plan B. It'd be nice to see one. And, you know, sometimes it, it takes kind of a off-road approach. And, you know, if, if that means, you know, today we saw Jota down the right and Taki down the left and Firmino as that normal high number nine that he plays when tucking back in the midfield. Um, if he starts in that midfield role and you let Taki go up to the center forward, Pajota on his more preferred wing position in the left side instead of the right, that leaves that right side open um, for someone like Jones or, you know, Gordon, or we've actually seen Nico there in the past. That's actually one option I feel like we can mm-hmm. see is Nico as a winger. I just same issue that you know we run into with Taki though, especially going forward. I don't know because we let our wingers come in a lot. I mean, if they right. would be played wide wingers, that'd be one thing, but his strength I think worries me when he cuts into the middle. But when he came into the game today, I thought he made a huge change. Um, I mean, partially because Trent was pretty awful. Uh, overall with his passing and stuff today. So I would not actually be shocked to see him out there. Or to be honest, after all this talk, I would not be shocked to see the same 11 out there either. Uh, (laughs) But I'm thinking instead of Milner, we will have Curtis out there uh, or perhaps Ox. But I think I would prefer Curtis uh, because we're probably expecting a similar game. Even if we were not, after watching today, Brantford is probably like, aha, I mean, not that it's a huge secret on how to play against us and baffle us. Uh, you got to have to 
I mean, that's the thing. You got to give credit to Arsenal. It's not that easy to just sit back yeah. and give anything up. I mean, they did a good job of it and they did it right. I thought I was really hoping when I saw that lineup that they would struggle with playing too many attacking players. But I was, especially with Lacazette, I did not think he would be able to keep that spot and do what he has to. And I thought he did a good job of, you know, kind of like defending that line and helping defense and stuff. But hopefully we'll get him the next game. And Brentford, man, it would be nice to get the kind of crowds into the game. I thought the crowd was very poor today. And I know it's like a chicken and egg thing where you got to have something on the field to get the crowd going. But yep. at times I feel like the crowd is going to see that we're struggling and kind of, you know, be the trigger. Exactly. And, and I, I feel the, the exact opposite. I feel like how many times have we seen a Mo Salah goal where the cop are already chanting, Mo Salah, Mo Salah, Mo Salah. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just playing devil's advocate to piss you off. I, I, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but... I feel like, yeah, no, I totally get the chicken and the egg and blah, blah, blah. And and you can't have one without the other. Like, it is a complete catch-22. But it's hard to get the Anfield crowd up. It's Yes, it's a semi-final, mm-hmm. but it's the League Cup. And I think, yeah, you're right. That's part of the I'm, like, I'm, I'm, Listen, I take the and, piss out and, of Paul, Paul Bickler all the time about messing with the FA Cup and the purists will be after him. Um, so... I get the, the 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 romanticism around the League Cup and the domestic cups, um, but the crowd was up for it for five ten minutes. Like there was the there was some Tory chants going towards Arsenal. There was there was some great back and forth, and then there was you know the Arsenal fans were taunting us. Like I heard it all, but the the the, the fans have been flat recently, and and. Whether that echoes what's going on the pitch or not, the two definitely go hand in hand. I don't know which one's more important, but we all know the importance of an Anfield crowd. And, and you said, you said, you know, as the caveat at the end, Jamie, but it's the League Cup. That's not just the fans' thought. For five years, that's been Jurgen Klopp's thought, but it's the League Cup. And I'm sure that resonates even subtly with the players. It's a Thursday night. And you got a great starting 11 coming out there, but it's the League Cup. What and I will say, though, is we, we all keep forgetting when Liverpool play poorly or when Liverpool draw or when Liverpool don't win, we all forget that there's another 11 man out there. Yeah. But here's the thing. The whole point of playing at Anfield is having 12 men, if you will, as the saying goes. And I thought... And I understand what you guys are. And I think you're right, Scott. I, and you, you you mentioned it too, Jamie, the fact that it is the League Cup. But then we can't bitch about not having trophies and stuff. Can't have it both ways. I really felt like if you can hear... Okay, all game, I heard Arsenal fans a lot more than Liverpool fans. And my thing is, yes, we play like crap. But it's not like Arsenal was dominating the game. You know, it's one thing no, that you're we... poor and you're being dominated. We're constantly like, you know kicking the ball away, you know, playing, trying to save our lives or anything like that. It's the complete opposite. We're pressuring. And that's when you need the crowd to pressure more, attacking that end of all things. And I felt like, you know, how we always talk about how the cup kind of like sucks the ball. And at times it was like a wall. There was no sucking and, going on and, today. And, and they they started at the 88th, 88th minute 
yes. they started singing. And boy, did it help. <laughs> and that's the thing. I felt like, you know, if that was happening the entire second half, and I realized the play on the field was poor, and that kind of like, you know, obviously it's kind of hard to get it going, but that's why you're at the freaking game. I'm watching in front of the, you know, the, the laptop today, uh, semi like, ugh. But, you know, if I was at the game, it would be a different story because that's, right. you know, what we got to But it would also be a different game. story if it was a Wednesday night, not Thursday night. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I definitely understand that part of it. So how what? about, what? what is this, a Sunday night, the game? <laughs> how about the Sunday night game against Brentford? Uh, let's get some score predictions before we wrap it up. Jamie, let's start with you. Because I don't know. Well, Scott I, was very, I was very bullish on Monday. I was all for the 4-0 against Arsenal. Yes, you were. Um, I blame you. I, I Yeah. Um, but I, I, I believe I, I said I'll take a, a sneaky 1-0 against Brentford. And I, I'll definitely take a sneaky 1-0. I'll take a 1-0 a, a right now today. Uh, sign me the dotted line right now. If it's a one-goal margin, a 2-1, a 3-1, or sorry, a 3-2, something interesting, that, that, that's brilliant. But a 1-0, I'll, I'll sign on the dotted line right now. <laughs> 3-2 is not brilliant for anybody, especially my heart. But uh, Scott, right. what do you have for a uh, score prediction? First, first and foremost, I do think that uh, clean sheet's entirely attainable. I think that's something that just based on Brentford's current form and the fact that our defense and our goalie, we actually have a, an organized, structured team again. I think that that's something that we can expect. I do think that there will be a positive bounce back from today's game. I'm going to go with two nil. I'm going with three, one, because I'm not as optimistic about the defense. <laughs> on the I just feel like uh, we might let one in, but I'm hoping for like a three, one win kind of to get our game back. And then obviously we'll talk about on Monday's uh, podcast. We'll talk about the, Fixtures coming up after that. Obviously, eventually the boys will be back, but then we're going to play Arsenal again, obviously, on Thursday. And I think that's going to be a more interesting lineup to see, especially with the game coming again on Sunday right afterwards. But one game at a time, as they say. So let's hope we get the win against Brentford. And on Monday's podcast, we'll kind of recap that game and look ahead to the second leg. And then, gentlemen, hopefully next time we meet next Thursday, we'll be talking about a better game against Arsenal and a win. Thank <laughs> you to all listening, chiming in, commenting. Uh, definitely thanks a lot to the Tampa Bay guys as well as Ola. Uh, we'll be having more of them, and there will be a couple more new segments coming up on Thursdays as well. Um, once again, do all those things that I always forget to ask about, sharing, liking, and stuff like that. That's one thing I definitely suck at. I should probably mention it more. But do that for us. Help us out. And we definitely appreciate everybody chiming and commenting. See you guys next week. Thank you. See ya. Bye, Reds. <laughs>